Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. Good morning and welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. For those who don't know me, my name is Stephen Furr, one of the teaching pastors here at this fantastic church. I'm excited today. This is a good day. Amen. This is the day that the Lord hath made and let's rejoice and be glad in it. How many of you cheered wildly last night? So Jesus is really worth more than that. So give God a big praise. Come on. There you go. All right. Yeah. There you go. So we're we're, we're excited today. And uh, I tell you, we had a time over at the other service. And I got way off script uh, at the other service. Today, since I have my, my slides here, maybe I won't get so far off. But God still did. He showed up and showed out over, over there. Uh, man, I got a couple of amens over there. And so, amen. So I might get a couple more over here because, you know, you, you guys are the wild crew over here. This is, the, this is the wild and rowdy bunch over here. So, uh, so in, in our series, uh, we're, talking, we're talking about blueprints. Blueprints for building up the body of Christ from Ephesians 4 and 12. Now, today I'm going to talk about the church of Jesus Christ. And what the Lord really impressed upon my heart is to dig deep into defining the church and really understanding what the church what the church really is. The reality is the church has been under attack since its inception over 2,000 years ago. And it's really under attack today. And we cannot just assume as folks walk in the door and even receive Christ that we understand what the church is. You still have people, even believers, who think the church is a man-made thing, a man-ordered thing, a man-thought-up thing. And, and partly that's, that's because of the way uh, it's been presented. And so today we're just going to deal with defining the church, getting into the origin and the purpose of the church, and seeing some powerful, powerful truths that God has ordained you. How many believers do I have in the room today who love Jesus? Raise your hand. All right. So you're, you're, you're a phase two of God's redemption plan. That's what we, that's what we found out in the other service. You, that blows your mind, isn't it? That you are phase two of God's plan to, to touch the world for him. You are phase two of the plan. Phase one happened when Jesus came in, in bodily form and suffered, bled, and died and got up on the third day and ascended and sat at the right hand of the Father. And that was the, that was the physical body of Christ. Now you and we are the body of Christ through whom the gospel 
gospel of Jesus Christ is spread throughout the world through kindred tongues and nations and people like you. So if somebody is brown and big like me and they can only relate to big brown people, the gospel can come through me. If they skinny and bald-headed like Scott, then they can, the gospel can come to people who skinny and bald-headed like Scott. If they got a little squeaky voice like my sister right here, then, then God can send the gospel through a little baby squeaky voice like you. If they're kind of weird and, and kind of crazy acting like my sister right here, then God can send the gospel through her. So God got a plan and you are God's plan. You are God's secret weapon. You are, you listen, you are God's ace card. You are the card that God put on his forehead at the end of the space game and say, bam, like that. That's who you, that's who you are. <laughs> you are the body of Christ, right? Yeah. Amen. Go home. Okay. No. So, so, so first let's, let's jump in and, and start first talking about the word church. What is a church? And the Greek word uh, where we translated the word from church is translated in the New Testament is ecclesia. It's spelled A-K-K-L-E-S-I-A or A-E-C-C. It can be pronounced either ecclesia or ecclesia. And it comes from two words, E-K or ek meaning out from and to and kaleo meaning to call. So this word was a common word in the Greek language. It was a common word, and, and it's important that you understand it. So the best, the easiest way to illustrate an, an, an ecclesia is like this. Uh, imagine um, in, you have 10,000 people and, um, in, in, a, in a city, and some special business needs to be transacted, right? And so the city leaders or someone or in the city who has authority to do so will call out of the vast city certain ones. They, he, they may identify, okay, we need, okay, we need all men, uh, people, business, or wealthy men making over so much money to gather. So they will pick out of that vast group and call them together. And when they pick them out and call them together, they're called out of the larger group into a smaller group. And the person who called them out defines what they do. They define what they do and they define their purpose. This group is never going to be self-forming. This group is never going to be self-defining ever. Only the person who called them out can define them. Only the person or the entity that gathered them can ever tell them what to do. The person or the entity that pulled them together and said, okay, group, this is why we called you. We called you to do this, this, this. Here are your powers. Here are, here's your authority. Okay, now do your thing. That's an ecclesia. So when Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church, he was saying, I'm going to call out a group. And I'm going to give them special power. And I'm going to give them special authority. And I'm going to define what they do. And I'm going to define how they're, they're constructed. And they will not be self-defining. I will define their power and their purpose. And what happens over time is man got his little fingers on it and started messing with it. And we start making the church everything from a bless me club to a bless the pastor club to, a, to all kinds of stuff. Are you listening to me? 
The, one of the best scriptures to, I, to understand or to define this is the next one. Put this one up. Ecclesia, 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him, and here it is, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, if you read this whole chapter up in uh, Peter chapter 2, verses 1, he gives you special authority as his people. Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build, we're going to get to that. Upon this rock, I should build my church. So the church has been called out of darkness into light for a specific purpose. It's not enough just to say, uh, oh, we're the church. Well, you need to get a little deeper than that. See, because everybody who walks through the door is not the church. They just walk through the door. Uh, did you know this building is not the church? This is a building. If you don't believe it, stop paying the note on it and watch them tear it down. <laughs> Amen. Let me move on. Watch this. <laughs> yeah. When, when, when you see buildings being bulldozed, you'll find out real quick that couldn't be the Lord's church. That's just a building. All right. Let's move on. Come on. So the church is the body of Christ. Ephesians 1.22 and he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. So now we're going to begin to expand this definition. So Jesus is the head of the church. Paul here is using an analogy. Okay. So he gave him to be head over all things to the church. Now, when you read this in many of your Bibles, a lot of these words are italicized. All right. Which means they added it. If you took those words out, it would literally mean exactly what, what Paul is trying to say. He is the head, like a head, and he put all things under his feet. Now, you know, you don't have to be a, a road scholar to know a head is not a foot. Am I right about that? A head is not a foot? You, you sure? Okay. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Now the church is his body, the fullness of him. Have you ever thought about that? That collectively the church in earth is the fullness of Christ. It's the fullness of him. So you got to be careful talking about the Lord's church. That's his bride. How many of you guys married? Like I, I'll pick with Scott because, you know, I know Scott and he might beat me up. If I start saying something like, yeah, man, the problem with Amy is that, you know, the problem with Amy is this, and the problem with Amy is that, and the problem, listen, Steve, I love you, bro, but you need to get up talking about my wife like that. That's my bride. See, we talk about the church. The problem with the church is this. The problem with the church is that. You be careful talking about the Lord's bride. You're only talking about yourself, by the way, because what's ever not happening in your church is because you ain't doing it. Okay, let me move on. You got mad at me. Let's go to the next one. If it ain't there, why ain't it there? So he's the head. And we are the members of that body. So if he's the head, what can a head do without the rest of the body? Nothing. You don't believe it? Chop off your head. There you go. <laughs> For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So this is teaching that the body of Christ has many members, just like your body has many members. 
For by one spirit, how many spirits? We were all baptized into one body. How many bodies? See, there's only one church. It's not 10. It's just one. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. See, this is when you realize he is the head. Because you can say what you want to about God. This is his party. This is the Lord's church. And like, you know, we are intentional here. And we should be intentional. In, in many kindreds, tongues, and nations, we should be intentional as we want to be a church that reflects all cultures, but understand in Revelation, where we pull that scripture out, it's going to be that anyhow. Because God is, has made it that already. Black people love Jesus. White people love Jesus. Chinese people love Jesus. Poor people love Jesus. Rich people love Jesus. Funny looking people love Jesus. Red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. The Lord has been good to everybody. Now, just because they can't come to your church don't mean they can't go to his church. What we have to learn is to be sure that our church is lined up with his church. (laughs) I'm I'm convinced, y'all, that God is emptying out our church and filling up his church. Y'all good? Y'all still listening? He emptying ours out quick. You're like, okay, okay, you ain't going to do my thing. In other words, you can't do your thing my way. You can't do my thing your way. You're going to do my thing my way. We've been made to drink into one spirit because you're the body of Christ. We've been made, when you were baptized, you were, Paul goes on in the same chapter to say, the foot cannot say to the eye, I have no need of thee. I don't need you. Really? No, you're all one body. All right, come on. How the body, how the church is built. This is very important scripture. Matthew 16, 13 through 15. Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He's asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. This is very important to catch this. Come on. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church. So who builds the church? Jesus. I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. So how is the church formed? The church is formed on the revelation of Jesus. Now, I come from a background. You know, I always have fun talking about the background. I come from many backgrounds. We sing a lot of songs. How many of you know sign me up for the Christian Jubilee? Okay. One of the churches that I used to preach at, when they would do membership drives, because they, they have membership drives every year. They would drive some in and drive some out. They'd have every year. <laughs> and they say, we pray the Lord, the doors of the church, the doors of the church are open. <laughs> and they bust into, sign me up 
for the Christian Jubilee. They write my name, write my name on the road. And they get a chair. Some of y'all don't have no clue. And they get a chair and they sit the chair out there. How many of y'all have ever seen that? Come on. Black folk got it. Some of you white people are like, I have no clue. They sit a chair out there and I've been changed. I've been changed. And they sit in the chair and they shake people's hand. Right? They shake their hand and they get, oh, praise the Lord. Pray. We so have happy today for what's your name, baby? Peter. Peter, we receive you on your Christian testimony. Now here's, now, okay, but here's the question. Did Peter just get signed up for a club? Or did Peter get the revelation of Jesus? Because if Peter didn't get the revelation of Jesus, he just got his name signed on a book and he don't know nothing about Jesus. He's not in the church yet. His name is just on the roll. I'm not judging Peter. We messed Peter up because what we should have been sure we should have asked Peter, Peter, did you get the revelation of Jesus? Peter. What was your experience with Jesus? Because Jesus says, this is how I build my church. And flesh and blood doesn't do it. You can shake the preacher's hand all you want to. That won't do it. I can dunk you in the pool a hundred times, but without a revelation of Jesus, that won't do it. That won't do it. I don't care if you're seven or 70, you have to get the revelation of Jesus. You got people, I've been in churches, you got people serving on boards who are mad at Jesus. How did he end up on your board? That's not his fault, that's our fault. We need him on the board so bad that we're willing to let him risk his soul to serve in our church. Shame on us. You don't need him that bad. We have to be sure in ministry that the Father revealed Christ to them. And if he did, tell me about it. Y'all all right? That's how he builds it. And it ain't got nothing to do with no man. That's the beauty of it. Because see, when the Lord reveals himself to you, that's between y'all. I mean, tell me about it. So he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father did it, Peter. Watch this. This is what Jesus said. Peter, I'm glad you listened to all my good preaching, boy. I convinced you, didn't I? My great preaching did it, didn't it, boy? Mm-mm. Flesh and blood didn't do this. But my father revealed who I am to you. And that's the rock that Jesus built his church on. Amen. Come on. How the Lord church matures and grows. You see, as I go through some of these, it's kind of amazing that God actually has a design for his church already. We ain't got to make it up. I remember when the Lord pulled me out of pastoring for about three years. And he rewired me. And so people started saying, oh, Pastor Fur, Pastor Fur, are you going you gonna to plant a church? I said, no. I'll never try that foolishness again. See, the Lord planted his church 2,000 years ago. I just get to serve in his. 
I don't need to be trying to plant nothing. Because if I plant my church and I got to figure out how to get people there, I got to figure out, I got to sit down and do 17,000 planning meetings to figure out what to do. But if I'm serving in his church, I can stay before him and let, he te- let him tell us what to do. See, it's his church and he already has a plan. The issue is we need to know who we are and how we fit in it. Is that making sense to you? Watch this. How does the church mature and grow? I'm taking this halfway through a whole sentence, but for the sake of time, we're going to start at 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, there it is again, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This is going to shock you, but bless you at the same time. Do you know why I grow? I grow because of you. I grow because of you. We grow because together, as you release what God has in you, like your physical body, like, okay, look at it like this. In in about an hour or so, I'm going to go eat lunch. I'm going to put the food in my mouth. But for those nutrients to be distributed through my body, all of these other systems are the delivery systems to get all of that. There's a whole bunch of systems that have to do their thing for all of that to break down and be distributed. And through every part, every joint does its part, causes growth. Every part according to the effect you're working by which every part does its share. That's why you need to be connected somewhere. You grow because every part has value. Look at your neighbor and say, you're valuable. You're valuable. Oh, you're not getting this. You're the body of Christ and you're valuable. We grow because we're connected to each other and the glory of God from the head down because you're connected to the head. We're valuable. I grow because of you. We speak truth in love and that causes growth. We grow up in Christ and everything. Every joint does its part. The whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working every part causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. If you ever had a broken car, wouldn't it be cool if your car was broke, you could put it in the garage, come back two days later, and it's fixed? If it could heal itself? Did you know that God built the body to heal itself? There's actually self-healing properties in the body. The only reason why certain things can't heal themselves because what's in our body through this environment is so far into the body that they got to actually cut stuff off. I had a burn a few days ago and it healed itself. Wow. So God has designed the body to minister. I used this analogy earlier today. I was making a, a salmon steak the other day and uh, some grease splashed out on my hand. And this is what happened. The other hand started doing the work of ministry immediately. It didn't need a title. 
It didn't need to go to seminary. It didn't need to go to training class or anything. As soon as that grease hit my hand, the other hand said, oh, hand, are you okay? And this hand said, no, it hurt. And then the head said, put some cold water on it. And this hand said, right, head, Christ, turn on the cold water. And this hand said, hey, man. And then the feet said, go to the sink. Hold it under there now. And then my head said, don't burn your fish. I said, true that, true that. <laughs> and, and so the body of Christ, when you, it, when the body of Christ became infected with man's religion, it went into dysfunction. When we added titles and levels and colors and robes and rings and, and costumes and I should dress up in one of them. I should dress up. I'm going to have some fun now. I should dress up in my class A regalia and, and go out for Halloween. <laughs> some of y'all don't know what that is. You know, us preachers, we got to wear, you know, the cassock and the white thing and the little collar and all that. And they said, what are you? I'm a pastor. <laughs> See, we, we dress up, you know, and people think that's the church. That's the church. Almighty Father, is our God. And that's cool if you know the words. What about Latin? You don't know Latin. No, please stop. You don't even know what they're saying. And they think that structure stuff is the church. And they say, I can't do that, so I can't be part of that. But if you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've been made to drink into one body, woo, you're already part of it. <laughs> Hallelujah, you're part of it. And you're valuable. And the same glory that's on the head is on the body. Huh. Let's go. The eternal purpose of the church. And this is what I've been, I said all that to get to this. God's purpose for the church. So why is all this important for us to understand that Christ is the head and we're his body? There are two phases to the redemption plan for mankind. Phase one was when Jesus put on flesh. The book of Hebrews says, I come in the volume of the book to do thy will. A body thou hast prepared for me. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And Jesus went to the cross and was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we're healed. And Jesus died on the cross, went down into the grave, and on the third day was resurrected. And he sat at the right hand of the father on high, where he ever liveth to 
make intercession for us. That is phase one of redemption. He secured eternal salvation. Now whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved because that's phase one is securing salvation for whoever calls. Phase one. And it all happened through his body. Because if Jesus didn't come down in bodily form, salvation couldn't happen. He had to shed his blood. Are you listening? Phase two. He has to do it again through his body. But his body now is a spiritual body. That's who we are. We are his body. And this is how it goes. All things are of God. Who hath reconciled us? Who's us? The body. To himself through Jesus. And hath given who? Say it. Us. The ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ. What was happening at Calvary? God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and hath committed, say it, to us. Who? Who? To us. Committed to us the word of reconciliation. Look at your neighbor and say, you got the word. You got the word. You got the word. I don't care. I don't care. Well, I just got saved yesterday, man. You got the word of reconciliation. If you've been reconciled by God, you have the ability to tell people what God did for you. You don't have to know a thousand scriptures. You just got to tell them what God did for you. People don't care nothing about scriptures anyway. The scriptures are so that you know that you're talking in line with the word of God. They'll learn the scriptures later. They just need to know your experience. Does it work or not? He's committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God, as though God himself were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. The ministry, phase two of redeeming the world happens through the body of Christ. And you have to know that that's what the Lord's church is about. It's about sharing the story of his glory that's happened in you. And don't get all spooky with folk. Just tell them your story. Now, watch this. How many of you love the Lord? Raise your hand. But you get a little crazy sometimes. Raise your other hand. Do you know people can relate to that? Do you realize that most people can relate to that? Do you know what I love about the Bible? It tells the truth on folk. Ain't no perfect, I, I ain't read no perfect stories in the Bible yet. Even Jesus went, went, turned up a couple of times. Went to kicking over the table. Man, my, my daddy's house is going to be a house of prayer. Wait, Jesus, what's up, man? Why are you kicking over the table? My bad, my bad, my bad. 
10, 9, 8, 7, 6. I'm cool. You good? I'm good. I'm good. But don't be bringing them doves and all them pigeon doves up in my daddy's house no more, man. I got to knock over these tables. I'm so sorry. That's just how I see stuff. Just, even Jesus went off one time with the kicking over tables. So your little temper, so what? You know, Wally a little crazy sometimes. It's all right. God love you. See, people can relate to when you just tell your story. See, that's the testimony that when you are empowered, when you know when the head, Christ, see, this is how it works. You've been reconciled, right? The head is Christ, and he sends you a message. Where's Kathy Randall at? And the Lord said, Kathy, I got, a, I, got a, I got an assignment for you. There's a, there's, there's a sister right over there. She, she, she crazy, just like you. So she can relate to you. <laughs> go over there and just say hello. Don't say nothing about God. Just go like this. Hey, girl, how, how you doing? And y'all crazy is going to connect. And you're going to be looking at her all crazy. Like, She's going to look at you all crazy like that. And y'all going to connect. And that connection is going to be the beginning of a relationship where you're going to be able to share your story. Is this bringing it home for y'all? When you get that you are the body of Christ and you gather in these settings to be equipped to do the work of ministry, not as consumers that eat a bunch of food and say, that was good. I'm going to come back next week and get some more. No, you get here to be built up and equipped to do the work of ministry. Not just watch us do ours. See, then it makes sense. I'm going to bring it to I'm bringing it on home. What's the next? I forgot. Hey, that's it. Have you heard the good news? I'm right at the end. I did pretty good, Scott. Thanks, man. God sent his son. To give eternal life to all who would turn to him for salvation. The opportunity is available to you where you are at this very moment. With a confession of your mouth and believing in your heart, you can have what God offers. I just put that up there as a simple statement to show you how simple it is. When the time comes to let people know how easy it is to get to God. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved, man. Well, I ain't going to be perfect. Oh, good, good, because I'm not. I've said stuff to people. <laughs> Don't let the black robe fool you. I've said that to people. You know, catch me on the wrong day, I'll probably knock you out. I was raised, one time we was at, at a staff meeting, and they asked a question about what formed you or something like that. And I was thinking about it. I was trying to answer it in a kind of righteous, kind of holy way. But I was raised with a woman of God who carried her anointing oil around in her purse. Don't say you're sick around my mama. What's wrong, baby? I'm a little sick, mother. First, lift your hands, baby. God can heal you right now. She was that lady. <laughs> and she was serious. And you would get healed. Lift your hands. I see something on you. Lift your hands. B- son, baby, lift your hands right now. Lift your hands. No, lift, your, lift your hands. I'm going to send it to you. Lift your hands. In the name of Jesus. That's my mama. I was raised with a lady like that and a man who carried a gun everywhere he went. 
So I have 100% of all of that in me. And sometimes I revert. Sometimes I'll be, I'll be preaching and shouting and say, what you say? What you say, man? What? For real? Seriously? We going to do this right here? Are we going to do this? Are we, you serious right now, though? You really want to do this? You don't let the black robe fool you. <laughs> so when you tell your real story, people can relate. And they can find God. So this is the Lord's church and you're a beautiful part of it. If you're not a part of it yet and you haven't made Jesus Lord, have you heard the good news? God sent his son to give you eternal life. And that eternal life is actually a relationship. And all you have to do is turn to him and say, Christ, come into my life. I turn from this world, I turn from my way, and I turn to you. Come into my life, be my Lord and my Savior, and I'll walk with you. When you pray a prayer like that, God walks with you. He begins to reveal himself. And what we are, people who've prayed some version of that prayer, we're not perfect people, but we serve a perfect God. We're not a perfect church. We're at all different levels of growth. But we will love you. <laughs> and we are like you too. And if you prayed that prayer, we want to walk with you. So church, let's pray right now. Did you receive the word that you heard today? Yeah. Father, thank you. Thank you. What a marvelous truth that we are the body what a mind-blowing truth. We are the body of Christ. The same anointing that's on the head is on the body. You live through us. You love through us. You, you desire to touch the world through us. Teach us how to walk this way. Let us submit ourselves and, be, and humbly present ourselves for service. Not because we're so wonderful. We cannot be flawless. We've already blown that. But you haven't called us to be flawless. You've called us to be faithful. So here we are, your people. Forgive us our sin and teach us how to walk with you, how to love you, how to serve others, how to be what you call us to be. The body beautiful, the body broken, the body given in service for your glory. We give you praise and we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Let every heart say, Amen.